Hi guys, we'll get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're thankful that you guys are here. You can find the podcast on YouTube, subscribe there, and then you can also find it anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're so thankful for um, all the support that you guys have given us, and we've grown tremendously, and we're so thankful uh, that you guys have found the podcast today. All right, so this is this is one that I've been looking forward to since probably two weeks ago we've been talking about this for a while so uh we've got a a special guest on the podcast uh this morning so it's not going to be just me um uh, we've got a guest his name is uh sam lawrence thankful that he's here with us um so i'm gonna let sam kind of introduce himself a little bit and then we'll kind of go into our podcast for this morning so hey sam how's it going man hey man it's going good uh how are you i'm good man <laughs> excited dude yeah dude i'm pumped so uh so my name is sam lawrence um I'm a member of the South Huntington uh, Street Congregation in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, um, and hopefully, Lord willing, uh, beginning of January, we'll be able to attend the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies. Uh, it is a um, biblical college uh, run by the Carnes Church of Christ in Carnes, Tennessee, right outside of uh, Knoxville, and uh, and so, yeah, uh, met Jordan, me and him got to talking, and uh like he said a little while ago, we uh we he was like he was like man we got we got to talk about this and so uh, here we are here we are and so it's uh yeah, very excited very excited very thankful to be here yeah and and the thing about Sam that's that's important is so sometimes you'll meet people in life that were where you were a couple years ago and so he was it was literally as we're talking on the phone I'm getting to know him I'm talking I'm I'm just laughing as he's talking he's like dude what are you laughing at I was like dude it literally sounds like I'm talking to myself four years ago, you know, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity that our crap, that our paths cross and, um, you know, I'm able to help him and he's able to help me as well. And, uh, you know, I'm extremely thankful, um, you know, for him to do that. And so obviously this is the first time that me and him actually seen each other, you know, face to face, you know, it's only been phone call or kind of through yep. Facebook messenger. Yep. And so <clears throat> he doesn't know I'm doing this, but I like, I always have to give a good bro a plug good looking guy preaching school come on man i mean it's like looks like looks like america come on man like no, you know, you always gotta, no steve rogers i'll take that i'll take always, that you always got to be willing to help a bro out you know so if, if nothing's I had, happening if for I, you if, if i had a twitter I, if i had a twitter i would that. i'd say someone just told me i look like captain america great day great day i mean it's only it's 10 46 and hey, what man. a day it is already Thank you gotta you. start the day off right man yeah uh. <laughs> all right so what we're going to talk about today <clears throat> we're going to talk about um job chapter 38 so again if you guys listen to the podcast let's open up our bibles there to job chapter 38 and we're going to look at verse number two and our topic today is who is this that darkens counsel without knowledge and so that's literally what the verse says in Job chapter 38, verse two. But in order to understand that, we need to understand a little bit of the background. So obviously throughout the book of Job, Job had lost everything, right? Simultaneously. And so Job doesn't know that this is, this is a battle between God and Satan, but Job is still afflicted by Satan as things are going on. So obviously Job's three friends are explaining in different ways and in different viewpoints of why Job is suffering. But then there's a fourth friend that doesn't say anything throughout this whole time, but he began speaking, and his name is Elihu. And so Elihu kind of almost has a, uh, a a deism view about God. And so he almost thinks that he's also God's messenger as you read the book of Job. But then God speaks out of the whirlwind in Job chapter 38, and he talks to Job, verse 1, and then in verse 2 he says, Who is this that darkens counsel? by words without knowledge. So <clears throat> what this podcast is for, as we introduce this, this podcast, I would think, and, and Sam, you can kind of attest to this too and kind of talk about this as we, as we introduce this. This is almost for the person who needs some direction, who, who maybe needs some hope because maybe the decisions that they've been making haven't been the right ones. Or maybe... They've been trying to do things the right way and what they feel is right, but they, they find out, man, this is just not, it's not working in the way that I thought it would work. And so we could be doing the same thing that Job and everyone else was doing in verse two. We can literally be darkening counsel 
by words without knowledge. So the question becomes, how can we as Christians today, how do we darken counsel? And so we're going to look at a, a look at a few points today, and Sam and I are going to study this together. So the first thing, as we kind of introduce this topic, how can we darken counsel as Christians today? Number one, we can darken counsel by not knowing our worth. Sam, as, as you think about this a little bit, what kind of comes to your mind as we talk about not knowing your worth in, in terms of darkening our own counsel? Well, and uh, it's it's like you had mentioned before we started, you know, Romans 5 was a, a really good place to turn. And um, just, you know, allowing our worth to be determined. Uh, sometimes, you know, we can allow our worth to be determined by how others treat us or how others have treated us in the past or uh, things like that. And it's like, I mean, you were talking about earlier, you know, if we put our worth in, in people, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be kind of up and down, up and down, up and down, because we're all um, human, you know, we all, every one of us, you know, are imperfect. We, we're going to let one another down. Uh, but if we determine our worth by the Bible and what the Bible says about us and by uh, Christ and what he did for us and his great love for us, um, you know, then, then we're kind of, we're setting our, our feet on the solid ground. Um, and, you know, like Genesis 127, it talks about we're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a great way to determine our worth by how, how, how God kind of, uh, sees us and, and kind of how we should see ourselves defined by the Bible. Uh, and I think about that too, man, you think about the, you know, not knowing our worth and you mentioned this a little bit too, from, from Romans chapter five, sometimes other people see us in a better light than we see ourselves. And so, I mean, just think about this for a second. Think about how many people, and if you want to make it personal, think about how many Christians there are walking around and there's other Christians that believe in them more than they believe in themselves. So if, if you're a Christian like that listening today, this automatically almost puts you in a box where you're at the mercy of what other people think about me. So if, if you're walking around and you always have kind of this low self-esteem and you don't feel worthy or, or you don't feel good enough, well, you kind of walk around and by the people that you know, you're constantly waiting on them to say, well, you're awesome. You're great. You're good. Well, what happens when those people aren't near you? You know, what happens, what happens then? And so this, this is kind of a, a destroying mindset. And if we stay here in Romans five, when you look up the word worthy in the dictionary, the word literally means to be good, deserving respect, praise, or attention, having enough good qualities to be considered important or useful. So think about this for a second. We just talked about Lord of the Rings, right? Kind of one of those medieval movies, right? That's one of Sam's Sam's movies. Well, I, yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. Classics, right? They're they're good movies. Yeah, they are. So you think about it, and there's always kind of in those movies, there's always a peasant, right? There's always somebody, sir. I just need a <laughs> just need a dime, need something, right? So they're always looking for something. But in some of those movies, they have access to the king. And so when you think about about Romans five, look at these words here in verses one, two, and three. Therefore, verse one, being justified by faith, that sounds like the person that gave us justification, a la Jesus Christ, obviously he thinks you're worthy because he justified you. But notice, notice the, the avenue. It's not by how you feel. He says, therefore, being justified by what others think about you or by what you think about yourself. He says, no, we're not justified by feelings. We're justified by faith. And as you know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right, talking about what faith is, and even Romans 10, 17. So then faith, knowing that we're justified, that doesn't come by feelings. Faith comes by hearing, right, and hearing by the word of God. Then verse 2, not only are we justified by faith, verse 2, we also have access by faith. Then verse 3 right? We can glory in tribulation. And then verse five, we have hope that maketh us not ashamed. So think about all these things, Sam, that gives us access to Christ. So why do you think so many of us sometimes walk around knowing this, but still feeling unworthy to be a part of this? You know, that's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it could be, um, you know, are we allowing our, 
uh, are we allowing our our views of ourselves? Are we allowing um, are we taking are we allowing our counsel to be darkened by by others uh, mm. by by people? Or are we letting who we are be determined by the by the Bible? You know, who are we going to for counsel? Because it's easy when times so when times are hard or when you uh, when you're looking for something, when you're looking for that uh, affirmation or just an answer to a question, it's so easy to go to someone else because you get that immediate answer. Yeah. But it, but you, you but it, the first place, like you've said, I think in one of your podcasts needs to be we go to God in prayer. You know, we may not get that immediate answer, you know, but what we do have is we we give that we give that up to someone who's all knowing, all powerful, who's not going to give us necessarily what we want, but he's going to give us something better. He's going to give us what we need rather than what we want. Mm. But that can be a, that can be a hard thing, man. You know, yeah. imagine, imagine if we got what we wanted all the time, that'd be bad. <laughs> that would, that would be bad. You know, that would be bad. But so you were, you said a minute ago talking about how, um, let me get there, how um, the peasant, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that, which was great, by the way, your peasant voice was wonderful. I appreciate it. I work on it. I work on it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about how he was wanting to get something from the king or, you know, was trying to get something from the king. Um, and that made me think of something I was talking about uh, yesterday in Bible class. Um, and, you know, this isn't original with me. This is, uh, I don't know who it's original with, but, um, you know, imagine trying to get in touch with the president of the United States. You know, this is probably something you've heard before. I don't know about you, but I can't do it. Um, you know, if I was to try and call the president right now, I wouldn't get through to him. Uh, or even the mayor of, of Kaziska, I don't know if I could get in touch with him. Um, but as a Christian, you know, First Peter 3, 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. You know, think about that. We can go before the God of heaven in prayer and he hears us. You know, he hears us. The God of heaven hears us. The God that spoke the universe into existence hears us. And, you know, I think, I know personally, that's something I can take for granted at times, but, you know, that's a privilege. That's a blessing. And you think about it. Now this makes me think about this. So if we kind of walk around feeling kind of, and we've all been here and we never want to feel like we're, you know, singling people out. We've all been here. But the question becomes, if if that's the, the constant mindset that we find ourselves in, always kind of, it's, it's almost like the social media effect, right? So, so you think about a person that has this insecure mindset, right? Or they always feel like I need something from someone in order to feel a certain type of way. So this, that's why, you know, things like Facebook, Instagram, now those things have their necessary uses for the gospel and other things for sure. But that's why those things are so popular. Because if I'm not getting that, then I need to put something out there so I can get some likes, so, so I can get some approval from people. So it makes me feel better in turn. Well, if we spend so much time looking for the approval of others, then that automatically, like he mentions, that pulls us away from the creator, right? I think about even what David mentions, right? And um, even in Psalm chapter 12, right? He goes to the Lord, right? Verse number one, Lord, help me. The godly man ceases, verse number one, for the faithful man fall from among the children of men. So David felt like, look, I'm, there's not many godly men around here left. But notice he didn't look for approval in other places. He said, man, I need to go talk to God. We need, we need to, I think, and like you said, and I fall into this as well, we kind of take that for granted. And going back to Romans chapter 5, verse 2, notice what God, if we take that, <laughs> if we take that peasant mindset, God gave, quote unquote, <clears throat> peasants, right, the opportunity to speak with him without an appointment, one-on-one, 24-7. And how often, <laughs> I mean, think about that, man. How mm -hmm. often do we just not take advantage of the opportunity to just, Lord, this is this is what's going on. I just want to talk to you, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about God is we have that opportunity to talk to him. And the more that you talk to him and the more you build that relationship with him, the more you'll understand your worth. That's, I think that's a point that a lot of us miss, man, because if I just spend my time talking to people, well, so-and-so really doesn't like me that much. So-and-so, I mean, they think I'm nice, but they don't think I'm great. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of try to spend your life proving to people that you're this person. One lesson, well, one lesson to learn. Don't spend time and, trying to prove yourself, man. And you can, and one thing you can fall into the, you can fall into this, you know, you can, 
uh, go to people for that uh, that self worth or that you know that kind of advice and things like that. And you can get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm burdening this person, you know, I'm burdening yeah. this person. And you know, sometimes even praying to God, you know, you can be like, you can be like, oh man, you know, I, I don't. But He says, you know, keep seeking, seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it will be given. Knock, and the door shall be open. And also, First Peter five seven. This is this is a key one. Casting all your cares on Him. Why? Because He cares cares for you so we go to the god of heaven who knows us better than we know ourselves mm. you know he, he he knows me better than i know myself you know our very hairs are numbered on our head and uh, also thinking about jesus and hebrews you know how uh, we don't have a high priest who's not able to sympathize with us one who in all ways was tempted as we were yet without sin and so it can uh, it can it can it can it can be really easy sometimes you know just just to forget that and, and that makes me think of even uh, Matthew chapter 11, right? When Jesus talks about, look, come unto me, mm. all ye labor, all ye that labor mm-hmm. and are heavy laden, and I will give mm. you rest. But here's the great thing about that, though. He says, I don't want you just to come to me just expecting everything's going to be easy. You have a responsibility in order to get this rest. Well, what's my responsibility? Just sit here and just have this type of woe is me attitude. Verse 29 he says, first of all, the first thing you got to do in order to get some rest, it's kind of an oxymoron. The first thing you have to do to get rest is you need to take my yoke. So in order to get rest, just like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we just need to start focusing on the kingdom. So we feel like in order to get rest, we just have to rest more. No, he said, if you want to get some rest, you need to start doing my work. Take my yoke upon you. And he said, take some time and learn of me. So in order for me and you to get rest, we need to learn more about him and do his work. But how can we darken counsel like everyone else was in Job chapter 38, verse two, we feel like, well, God just has to give it to me or everybody else has to cater to me or everybody else has to do all this stuff for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Christ says, look, there's some work you got to do. And he said, just in case you think this is too hard, Just in case you think taking my yoke is too above you, or you think you don't know enough, or you think you can't learn of me, here's something I'll let you know, verse 30. My yoke is easy, (laughs) and my burden is light. So now, what excuse do we have, bro? Mm -hmm. He literally eliminated all excuses there. We got to start working. And that made me think of 1 John 5, 3. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, Mm -hmm. and his commandments are not burdens. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, it's simple. And the, and the way, as we look at this, the first way that we can darken counsel, and I think it's important for you to understand too, that phrase in Job 38, darkening counsel, it literally means to be clouded. So how do we cloud what the Lord has for us? By number one, our thinking becomes clouded when we don't even know our own worth. So if we're walking around not knowing who we are, not knowing that we are good, we're clouding our own judgment. So therefore, again, according to the text in Job 38, 2, he's God said, who is this that darkens or clouds, right? Who clouds counsel without word or with words without knowledge. So now let's make this implication here. So if we're doing all this, Sam, and we don't think we're worthy, we're darkening counsel, and guess what we don't have? Still, knowledge. We could be Christians for 20, 30, 40. I've been a member of the church for all my life. But if you're walking around still feeling unworthy, you're walking around with clouded thinking, number one. And then number two, you're walking around with no knowledge. That's that's a scary thought, man. And we talked about this even in Hosea. Why are my people destroyed? for a lack of knowledge. So, I mean, it's very important that as we study this together, this and understand this is a process that we work on together. So we understand even with Paul, he mentioned, look, some of you were fornicators. Some of you had were adulterers. Some of you had this. So it's not something that you're just going to forget overnight. And we're not saying that this is a, a quick fix process that everything is just going to just go away. You know, when you read Romans chapter five, It is a process, but as this is a process, I'm reminded of what Paul said 
right in philippians um i believe it's philippians chapter chapter three paul knowing who he was he said you know what this is what i'm going to do verse number 13 of chapter three brethren you know i count myself not to have apprehended so yes i'm preaching the gospel but i don't think i have everything figured out then he said but this one thing that i do forgetting those things which are behind and i continue to reach forth so understanding there are Christians with with past, there are Christians with difficult backgrounds, there are Christians that have gone through terrible things. And so when you hear things like you're worthy, when you hear things like you're good enough, when you hear things like, you know, you are precious in God's people's eyes and you're precious in God's eyes, I understand it's hard to believe that. But notice, if anybody could say that, it's Paul. And Paul said, you know what, I, I don't forget the things that I understand they're there but I'm not going to let that run my life. I'm going to keep reaching forth. So Paul didn't let his past darken his counsel. Ooh, that could have been another point, man. Letting your past darkening <laughs> your, counsel? your counsel. Ooh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. We could have, mm-hmm. we could have went there. That's another study for another day. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you have anything yeah. else as, as we kind of talk about this, bro? Well, no, I mean, I just, uh, you, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, I had, just a few thoughts uh, you know you you were talking about knowledge and you know we can uh have our counsel darken you know and have not have a right view of ourselves and not have knowledge you know and be a christian our whole life and i just kind of thought of well you know what happens if we have faulty knowledge and so it made me think of you know second kings five with Naaman. and you know behold i thought yeah and so and it also made me think of paul uh, Paul said, I've lived my life with all clear conscience. Well, he had a clear conscience. He had a good conscience, but how had he lived his life previously? And so with a lack of knowledge, Hosea, like you said, four, six, you know, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And then I was thinking, well, how, where do we get the knowledge from? And what happens when we get that knowledge? It made me think of Colossians starting in verse, I'll start in verse nine. And it says, and so we heard from the day, or and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual mm. wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So in order to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, we have to have knowledge. Got to have knowledge. Fully you got to have knowledge. Him, bearing fruit in every good work. And what happens when we increase in the knowledge of God? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And what happens? Being mm-hmm. strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Yes. And that's and that's Colossians chapter one, what he just read. But mm-hmm. as we close this this point, when you think about this, this is why as as preachers of the gospel, that you always, no matter no matter the pushback, no matter the the consequence, quote unquote, always preach, study, 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 study. Because it's not just for, well, let me just show you how much I know. Or let me show you how smart I am. We're saying this because of verse number eight and nine in Colossians chapter one. Study this so you, not for me, so that you can be full of knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you can learn to walk worthy. So like you said, so in order to do that, look, you got to know something and you got to know the scripture and we have to spend some time building that relationship with God. So, yes. Oh, no, and one yeah, more thought, going, talking, talking about the importance of studying the scripture just triggered a thought that made me think of Paul talking to Timothy in First uh, Timothy 4, uh, verse 15. Uh, Paul had just told Timothy kind of what to do. He said, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And he said, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, persist mm. in these, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so, I mean, it's important, you know, it's important, you know, and sometimes I remember on one of your podcasts, I think you talked about how, you know, it was boring work. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard, man. And sometimes it, it, it is, you know, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's not always jump out of bed, you know, I'm ready to go. But it's, it's so important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so important. You know, there's walk in a worthy manner. In order to walk in a worthy manner, you know, we have to know this. And, and, one more thing. I'm sorry. I know. No, we dude, to, keep we going. Need, we got, we hey, we're on. Steady, man. We're good. One more thing that made me think of was uh, beginning in Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, sorry, serious talking, uh, as a living <laughs> sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal 
of your mind that by testing you may understand what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. In order for us to understand the will of God, we have to have that renewal of the mind through the word of God. You gotta have knowledge. And so the yeah. and that's why God said so think about how personal that question in Job chart 38 2 says now. Who is this who darkens counsel with words? but without knowledge. So, and we're, we're using this study because Sam and I, we've had to self-examine ourselves too, as we study this together. So if I've been walking, if you've been walking in a way where you're constantly waiting for the, almost the approval of other people, well, all these people, they have to like me. They have to think I'm great. They have to, if you're walking for the approval of others rather than the approval of God, you are walking and you're clouding your own judgment without knowledge. And so as we as we study this together, let's let's kind of flip the script here. So let's learn again, like we said, this is a process. It's not going to happen overnight, but let's learn to understand our worth. And the only person that can help you understand your worth is Christ. And just before we move on quickly, just to give a, a, a tip as we talk about, you know, uh, spiritual spiritual dating in a sense, if you're always waiting on another person to give you that, um, that approval, you're looking for approval in the wrong place. What that person should be doing, whether you're a guy or a girl, whoever you're interested in, they should be trying to point you to Christ, not to them because they're trying to live for Christ too. So it's very important in order to know our worth, our worth is only found in Christ. It's not found in, in, in people. So that's important to understand. So then number two, so who is this man that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? So not only can we darken counsel by not knowing our worth, but then number two, we darken counsel by doing nothing and being afraid. So I, I heard someone once say that doing something is an action, but also doing nothing is just as loud as an action as doing something. So I'm reminded of um, Matthew chapter 25, right? And obviously we have the, we have the account of, uh, of the talents there. And it's very important to understand that the one with the two and the one with the five talents, they doubled theirs. So keep that in mind. Understand that the, that the one, two, and five, all of them were on the same playing field. They all received talents, different measures, but they all received the same thing. They all were told to do the same work. So the two doubled, the five doubled. Then the, the two and the five, they were said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But then verse 24 is where it gets interesting. Then he which received the one, he came and notice what he said. So here's something that's very interesting. As you look at Matthew chapter 25, does it ever say that the one talent man or that, that the two talent man and the five talent man, did they ever have dialogue? They never, they never spoke. They just did the work. That's interesting, isn't it? But then notice the only one that talked was the one that wasn't working. So verse 24, then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were what type of man? Ooh, Lord, you're too hard. Let's stop right there, bro. So think about this. We can darken counsel when everything that the Lord tells us to do is we say it's too hard. You know, it's interesting as you sit and you see certain things. And, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. We will do what we want to do. And so there's other hard things that people do, right? Their jobs, not easy. It's hard, right? Sports, right? We both played sports. It's hard. But whatever you want to do, you will do it regardless of the difficulty level. So who is this that darkens counsel using words without knowledge? So when we think everything that the Lord has us do is too hard, then guess what we're doing, dude? We're darkening counsel, man, because it's too hard. You got something as, as we keep going through his, through this? Man? Well, it, it made me think literally just me said that, you know, we think it's too hard. God, when he was, 
telling Moses what to do. What was Moses Ooh. saying? He was like, he was like, oh, I'm not an eloquent speaker. He was can't like, I can't do this. Can't do and, it. and what happened? God got mad. Yeah. And then the children of Israel, you know, they said, uh, you know, they said, oh, you know, if we only had stayed in Egypt, you know, we had fish and the onions and the leeks and the garlic. And, you know, God had blessed them with the manna. And, you know, it said that God was, was greatly angry, greatly angry with them. And, um, and but one more thought you were talking about uh, here, how we can darken counsel by saying things are too hard. It made me think we can also darken counsel by having an incorrect knowledge of who God is, because he mm. said, I knew you to be a hard master, uh, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. I mean, that's that sounded like he had a, uh, an incorrect view of who God was. And <laughs> and oh man, and, all, and also you're talking about the parable, I mean, the, the one talent man who he did nothing. You go down a little bit farther, starting in verse 42, the ones he'll tell depart from me. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. You know, we say, you know, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah, that, that that's I mean, there's a that that's a problem. You know, we talked about earlier. Pilate, yeah, he chose not to do anything. And that choice put Jesus on the cross. <laughs> Oh, okay. So now it's <laughs> the awesome thing about studying the scripture together. It's just, you get so many thoughts on this yeah. as you study, but verse 24. Okay. So the first excuse he gave was, okay, Lord, this is too hard. It's, it's too hard. So just to make some quick application here, because something is hard, we give up so quick, you know, anything. I mean, it doesn't necessarily even have to be spiritual but we can even talk physical well it's too hard i can't it's too hard i i just won't be able to so the first thing is look you have to understand so if we ask this question so the the one talent man said it was too hard how come the other two didn't you think about that for, so so the lord put the hard work on you but the other ones it was easier though right so people and this is this is what happens sometimes bro is People will look at, will almost look at each other just like this. So, man, look at, look at Sam, man. I mean, he's going to preaching school. He's doing this. I mean, he's already quoting scripture like this before preaching school. There's no way I could, there's no way I could, uh, I could be like that. Cause I don't know anything. So that I'm a Christian, but there's no way I could be like Sam. So for Sam, he's the, he's the two talent and he's the five. Yeah. He's double his, but for me, it's too hard for me. So we'll, we'll compare to one another and then we'll blame God. Well, God, you just made it harder on Sam has more opportunities than me. Sam has a better mind than me. Sam has this more than me. So Lord, you've made it hard. You see how easy this can snowball. So look, first of all, he said it's too hard. Then verse 25, here's the second excuse. And these two always go together. So he said, you were a hard man. And then verse 25, I was afraid. So then because I was afraid, instead of doing the work, I went and I hid your talent. So if we make some personal application here, Sam, <laughs> this gets kind of crazy, man. Think about this. How many of us, we're getting, again, what's our original question? Who is this who darkens counsel using words without knowledge? So is it possible that we have Christians today who are, who blame God for things being too hard to they're afraid and maybe not, maybe not physically, but spiritually they hide. Well, it's too hard. So I'm not going to do it. How many of us are kind of hiding from God because things are too hard, right? It's, yeah, a, it's and, a crazy mindset, man. And and like the sermon I preached on yesterday, you know, it was a challenging one for me. Because I know it's it's an area where I really have to, like, I try to do better. Like, I'm just constantly trying to do better at it, if I'm being honest. You know, it's one where, where I can be afraid at times, if, if, yeah. if I'm being honest, you know. And it was on, um, it was the mission of the church, and it was on evangelism. You know, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And and so how how easy for us is it to, like, you, like I've, I've heard you talk about one of your podcasts, you know, uh, you get a group of people together and say, let's go door knocking. And they say, well, we've tried that before and it doesn't work or, you know, things like that, or to go up to someone and talk to them about the gospel, you know, how easy for it is it? How easy for us is it to, 
approach that situation and it just it's we psych ourselves out you know we're like oh they're gonna get mad at us they're not gonna like us you know they're gonna we're gonna burn that bridge you know that relationship's gonna be over things like that we yep. can talk ourselves out out of it before we even get to it yeah you know and and it, and but we get up we become afraid you know but it, and it's it's such an easy thing to do and this is me personally speaking you know it, it's an easy it, thing it's easy do. it's so easy to do you know you can uh you can come up with a million different reasons you know it's not gonna work this this ain't gonna work that ain't gonna work this ain't gonna work and uh, with that mentality it's it's never gonna work it's never gonna work it's and sometimes work. sometimes and i think it's important for us to be honest and to be uh kind of say look man I, i've never you know there were times where i was afraid too i mean obviously i've said that in a, in a previous podcast before there were times where i ran from from preaching school i'm not going what are you talking about i'm terrible at memory work i'm terrible at, i'm not gonna go Right. Sometimes we run from the work, but the beautiful thing about that is sometimes the Lord will let us run like Jonah, but then sometimes he'll give us a, te- a second chance to go do it again. And so, you know, I think about numbers chapter 13, right? We mentioned this before with, uh, with Caleb and Joshua, right? Look, we can go take this land. They're bred for us, right? Chapter 14, we can take it. The Lord is with us, but then you always got the other 10, well, you know, we're just, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants over there. There's no way we can overtake it, right? And the, the, the text says that the 10 men, they gave an evil report. So when, when it, whenever it comes to spiritual things, and evangelism is not the only spiritual thing. Guess marriage is a spiritual thing. Evangelism is a spiritual thing. Family, right? The, the institution of the home, that's a spiritual thing. Well, you know, this is just going to be too hard. So I, I just don't. You see the evil report that we can even bring in ourselves. We can let our, we can psych ourselves out, like you said, and we can use up so many excuses of why. Well, it did work for that person that tried it. So why would it work for me? Well, it didn't uh, work for that. And, and this is it made me think of this, you know. So, you know, a lot of times what can happen then, you know, uh, personally, is we see the person and the perceived problem we come up with. Yeah. You think of David in First Samuel 17. So David, you know, comes to the battlefield and he's immediately met with, you know, <laughs> like verse 25. They said, uh, you know, <laughs> and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy <laughs> Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches. And we'll give him the daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And so, and, and his brother even, you know, is, he gets angry with him and discourages him. Everyone is discouraging David, but all David sees is, is Goliath. You know, he says, who is this that defies the armies of the living God? So David, if you look, David only mentions Goliath twice. Yeah. But he mentions God nine times. You see, his, his God thoughts outnumber his Goliath thoughts. And so we can take that mindset, you know, take Ooh, it over to, to evangelism. Yeah. You know, do our... I guess you could say, do our thoughts about what could go wrong outnumber our thoughts of who God is? And then one of the things David did was he drew on God's past faithfulness. You know, mm-hmm. when 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 uh, when Saul kind of challenged him, David said, "The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine." And so he saw he drew on God's past faithfulness. You know, so I'm sure we can see times in the past of we were in a situation that we said, I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah. How am I going to get out of this? You know, you know, it's so, it gets so dark. How am I going to get out of this? But God <laughs> delivered us. He took it. He took us from it. And now we can see that and we can apply it to the situation we're in now. Which that, yeah. You know, that's easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think about as we kind of look at this in its totality, you know, fearfulness and and being afraid kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, I think about Revelation chapter 21, right? Verse number eight, but the fearful and the unbelieving, right? And the abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so can you imagine, man? And this is kind of, it was a sobering thought that I heard in a sermon before, you know, imagine, being a Christian, being, being immersed for your sins, but throughout your entire Christian walk, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, being a Christian for 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 
and all this time you've been afraid, right? And so notice verse number eight, it, it couples fearfulness and unbelieving together. So like you mentioned, David looked at, okay, this is what God did in the past. This giant thing's in front of me now. Why can't he do this now too? So when we're fearful as Christians, and myself included, I guess both of us can say the same thing at times. When we're fearful about something, for some reason, we don't believe in it. So God is saying here, so the fearful of my people are those that don't believe. How do we know that? Even in the book of Hebrews, the, the Bible describes there in Hebrews that the children of Israel didn't enter into Canaan because of unbelief. So the same thing with us. So what if, again, so let's put what we talked about up to this point. So what if I'm walking around feeling unworthy? Guess what? I don't believe God. I don't believe that that sacrifice that Jesus did was enough for some reason. And I don't believe in myself. So I'm just not going to do what you want me to do and grow. So I can't walk worthy. Then on top of that, I'm going to do absolutely nothing. And I'm afraid. So what makes us different than the children of Israel that walked in the wilderness? We won't be able to enter into heaven because we didn't even believe in the in the little things, right? So it's very important, and we we can know this if we had some knowledge. And that's why it takes some time, right, to study and to understand and to learn more about yourself and to learn more about God as we study together. Well, and, and two thoughts I had while you were going through that, talking about fear. Uh, first thing, Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says, "For God gave us a spirit not of fear." but of power and of love and self-control. Yeah. And also another thing, uh, it's second Peter chapter one, starting about in verse five, I think it is. Um, but it goes to talk, it talks about adding certain things to your faith. Um, let me get there real quick. It talks about adding certain things to your faith. And it says in verse nine, you know, let me get there. Okay. It talks about adding certain things to your faith. And it says, verse eight, for if these qualities are yours and are, tr- are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. And verse nine, what happens or why is someone possibly not growing? For because whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten he was cleansed from his former sin. Having forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's what it is right there. And how many of us, man, if we're making real application here and ourselves included, we're never talking from a from a uh, a mode of perfection because we're still working too but how many of us spend so much time looking inward man I, I just i'm not good enough or i'm not this you've forgotten right we've literally forgotten the beauty of the sacrifice of christ right which is an amazing thing and that's why i think it's important that every sunday um that the lord made it a point for us to remember Right. So if you remember what I did and you remember me and you remember why I did it and who I did it for, if you truly remember, then you'll start to understand, okay, I'm I'm good for what the Lord wants me to do. But I've forgotten. Right. We've forgotten it. And it's so easy to do that, man. And so we can darken counsel by absolutely doing nothing. Right. And being afraid. And so then number three. What's another way that we can darken or cloudy, clouded the judgment, right? Cloud and counsel without knowledge. This is a big one. And especially, I think this is a big one for, obviously this is for everybody, but specifically, I believe kind of people in our age range are below by listening to the wrong people. So many times, you know, we find ourselves needing help, needing advice, needing counsel, needing direction from people and we'll get it, but we'll get it from the wrong source. So I'm reminded of First uh, Kings chapter 12. First Kings chapter 12, talking about Rehoboam. And Rehoboam had the opportunity to make a, make a decision that was right for the kingdom as, as king. And so obviously beginning in verse uh, number four, uh, it mentions here, uh, thy father made our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us lighter, and we will serve thee. So he said, look, if you're just a little gentle, you know, just be gentle more than your father was, we will serve thee as, as subjects of your kingdom, we will serve thee. And then verse five, he said, okay, depart and yet depart from me for three days, then come again to me 
and the people departed. And so the king consulted with the old man that stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived, and say, how do you advise that I handle these people? And they spake and said, if you will just be a servant and you will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, they're going to be your servants forever. Think of the sound advice that is right there. And the more you'll get into preaching, Sam, just to give you some advice here, the more verse number six will just speak so loud to you. So how, how do I, how do I be a good minister? How do I be a good minister of the gospel? Verse number six, right? All you do be a servant to them, right? Serve them, answer them from the Bible, whether they like it, whether they don't like it, but also speak good words to them in meekness. And then you can be able to work together. They're not your servants, but we're working together. Then verse eight, but he forsook that counsel and he went to the, uh, of the old men. And then he went and consulted with the ones that grew up with him. And they said, what counsel do you give? And the young man said, verse 10, your father made our our yoke uh, heavy and made it lighter unto us. But this is what you're going to say. My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. Whereas my father laid you with a heavy yoke, I'm going to add to that yoke. And my father chastised you with whips, and I'm going to chastise you with scorpions. So now he had the opportunity to listen to good counsel, but he listened to people that were in his age range. So many times we can darken counsel by thinking that we know more than what we really know. Right. So what do you what do you get kind of when you talk about this here? Well, it just it makes me, you know, you can kind of, you know, sometimes you go to people for advice and you get the advice you need to hear, but it's not the advice you want to hear. That's right. So you go you go somewhere else and you have advice that sounds better but it's not necessarily the best advice for you. And, you know, it's like me and you were talking about over the phone where you talked about, um, you know, going to school and maybe, um, you know, like getting to know an elder or an older gentleman there, and, you know, just to, to have that wise counsel. Yeah. You know, that's like me. I study with a fellow named Ray here, great guy, lots of funny <laughs> stories, but it would take up a lot of time. But, uh, you know, that wise counsel, you know, how, how nice is it to sit down, you know, like, like, for example, like probably with your dad or someone like that, you yeah. know, who, who can just pour out that wise counsel to you. Uh, someone who's going to give biblical advice from the scriptures, someone who's lived longer and someone who can say, all right, you know, who can really just give you a better understanding of where you're at now. And who can just, um, you know, it's, it's refreshing. You know, I find it refreshing, you know, to have that, that wise counsel from, uh, from an older Christian, you know, who can, who's been in the faith a lot longer, who can say, you know, who can just really tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. And and like you mentioned, I said this in an earlier podcast talking about in order to be a master at something, you have to learn from a master. And so obviously when you get a lot of people in the same age range together, that's always great because they can encourage one another to keep going. But in terms of, okay, what should I do moving forward type questions, that should go to way older counsel. And so this is why sometimes – and I'm saying this because I fell into this, um, but this is why so many times we don't listen to that older counsel because in our minds, well, they're not relatable, right? They don't really understand, you know, what I'm going through. But in order to understand a master, it takes, like I said, it takes some boring time. And so sometimes you got to sit there and you're not going to be at a, you know, at a fun event. You know, you're not going to be at a, a ball game or something. You're going to be sitting across from the coffee table and talking and just listening. You might not say a word for three hours. All you got to do is just sit there and just listen, take notes. Not a lot of people our age want to do that, but I'm telling you, if you could find good women, Titus chapter two, if you can find good men, Titus chapter two, all of first and second Timothy, and just, hey, can we just sit down and, and just talk and just sit and take notes and just listen, just listen. There are so many times, especially as young guys, I got to do something, right? We just talked about this a couple of days ago. I got to, I got to fix yep. it. I, yeah. I, I got to, I got to fix the situation. I got to say yep. the right thing. I got to text the right thing. I got to, mm-hmm. I got to go to the right person. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I got to fix this right now. All you got to do, man, just sit back and just listen. And when you just kind of soak that information in, you'll find yourself just getting better and better and better because you'll find yourself almost, and it's not. To, to say that you're better, 
but you'll almost find yourself mentally ahead, even though you're the same age. So that's always the goal, just to be just to be ahead so that you can be a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to certain things in life. Well, and you mentioned in that same podcast, I think you said we can kind of demature ourselves. And, Literally. And, you know, we, we really kind of can, Literally. you know, if we, which there's nothing wrong with spending time with people. Yeah, all there's age. nothing wrong with you it, know, yeah, for sure. And the majority of my friends, you know, they're all a little bit older than me. There's nothing wrong with spending time with people our own age. Like, it, it just because we can all relate with one another, we're right. generally probably going through the same things. Like, we're talking about me and you, how we met and we're talking with one another. Yeah. And, but like you mentioned that podcast it can kind of demature ourselves like it in order to i find that personally you know like you were talking about growing you know finding that person who whether a good christian man or a good christian woman who's older who you can have that wise counsel from helps a ton helps a ton a ton you know i mean really it does a ton you know because it's all about like you said it's not about uh, hey, I know more than this guy. Hey, I know more than that guy. I know more than this. It's about equipping yourself to be the best soldier, to be the best servant for Christ you can possibly be. What's going to help me to be the best possible servant of Christ I can be? You know, what, what's going to help me to do the most in his kingdom? You know, it's not about being better than this person or better than that person. Galatians right. 6, 2, bear, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, we're all one body helping one another. But what's going to help me to do the most for Christ I can do? And here's some advice to, for those that are listening and for us, the advice that I would give that I've, I've 100% failed at was when we talk about wise counsel, don't wait for them to find you. So if, if I'm just sitting here as a young man or I'm sitting here as a young woman, well, no, no older woman has come up to me, right? No old, older man has come up to me. Don't just sit and wait for someone to come to you you go find them, right? So again, we talk about, you know, uh, and we're going to mention this in a second, right? Matthew chapter six, right? Verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom, right? Then even chapter seven, right? Seek and ye shall find, right? Ask and the door shall be open unto you. So in order for me, you, and all these other listeners, in order for us to get knowledge, let's stop sitting and waiting for people to cater to us. Instead, go to them. And that was my mistake is just sitting here kind of waiting for waiting for counsel. But if I see a, an a older man, if I see a, an older lady, hey, can we sit and just talk just for a couple of minutes? I just want to learn from you for a second. Or, hey, can we have lunch or you know, what do you what do you, what do you think about this from the scripture? Go out and seek it. And I heard a, um, one, the baseball coach from free uh, Jonathan Essis. Right. He's one of the uh, the uh, counselors at camp that we go to here. And he's the head baseball coach at free. And he would always talk about seeking first the kingdom. And we always seek for what we want. So whatever you want, you will find it. You will break down any barriers. You will break down any obstacle. You will fail multiple times in order to get that prize of whatever you want in life. And so for us, if we really want to be better Christians, I will go find them. They don't have to find me. Now, it might happen that way that they find me like we did. We just happen to find each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just, to, just how random it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's great that happens that way. But most times you got to go find them. And so look around you. Right. Open up your eyes. See who's there at your, at your local congregation and go find them and go talk to them. And so that's it. That's such a great, you know, topic of talking about. Sometimes we'll just listen to the wrong counsel. Instead of listening to wise counsel, I'm even reminded of uh, Proverbs chapter 10, um, verse number, actually, no, Proverbs chapter 9, verse number one, talking about what wisdom does, right? Wisdom builds her house, right? Wisdom does all of these great things. It talks about how wisdom always builds. And so if we're building something, you need help in building it. And so we need, to, we need help from that older counsel. Wisdom, verse number 12 of chapter 8. Wisdom dwells with prudence and, and knowledge and the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. All these things older counsel can teach us. But there's some things that I can get from you, Sam, but there's some things I cannot get from you. There's oh, things you can get from me, but there's <laughs> yeah. some things you cannot get from me just yeah. because we just we're not there yet. That's right. And so we, we almost kind of have to humble ourselves and say, hey, look, man, I'm glad that you came to me for advice. But why don't you go talk to him? 
because I, well, I just don't have it. It's like we were talking on the phone the other night, and I meant, I meant this, and I mean it again when I'm about to say it now. But there comes a point when you just have to admit. I mean, there comes a point when I have to admit this, and, and it's I, I really mean it. Like, you know, I just – I don't know Jack. Yeah, you know, don't know Jack. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, Job, darkening counsel, God, you know, he just starts rapid fire. You know, where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Think about it. Apart from the revealed knowledge of God's word, what do I know? You know, apart from this, I mean, Second Peter 1, verse 3, uh, he's given us all things that pertain <laughs> to life and godliness. You know, a, a, apart from this book, how much do I really know? How much would I really know? Jeremiah 10, 23, you know, I have seen that, that it's not in man to, you know, to direct his way. And, and you know, it, it sometimes it takes that, that, that humbling attitude like you were talking about to just admit that, you know, not to have a, a low view of yourself. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here right. is just to understand that, okay, you know, I, I need that. Sometimes I need to seek out wise counsel because I don't know everything, yeah. and, you know. And sometimes it, it takes, um, you know, it, it takes, uh, I don't know, I guess sometimes it takes a humbling experience to realize, okay, you know, Hey, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know as much, you know, Hey, I may not know as much as I thought I did. And sometimes that, that has to happen, you know, and sometimes yeah. the Lord will do that. And he's done that with me. Um, obviously he's done this for others as well, but sometimes he has to put you in a humbling state because he knows that's the only state that you're going to listen in. So remember in Luke 15, the, the only time that the young man's reasoning returned back to him is when he was at his lowest point, right? He's eating slop, right? With the pigs, right? Even in, even in the book of Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar, look at all, look at this great Babylon, look at everything I've built. Next thing you know, he's, he's growing feathers, right? And he's, he's eating grass. And so now he realizes now I'm going to praise and extol the most high. Sometimes he has to put us in a humble state in order for us to really listen. And in both instances, it said their reason, their reason returned back, right? Sometimes, okay, Lord, I get it now. Like, it, it makes sense. Now I'm ready to listen, which is a, we don't want you to get to that point. But sometimes that's the point you have to get to in order for you to really get the message, if that makes sense. So we talk about who is this that darkens counsel? Well, we darken counsel by not knowing our worth. We darken counsel by doing absolutely nothing and being afraid. We darken counsel by listening to the wrong advice. But then here's number four. And we just we just brought up this point literally like right before we press record. Yeah. Literally <laughs> right before. He's like, yeah. oh, wait, wait, we got to put that in there. <laughs> so we darken counsel by number four, not seeking first the kingdom. And so think about all the things that we seek first. And so when things don't work out, then we blame God. But sometimes if God could answer us, he would say, well, what have you been seeking? I mean, it's literally so simple, man. And what do you think about when you kind of think about this topic of just not seeking first the kingdom in Matthew 6? Well, it's like we were talking about earlier. The first thing that comes to mind was, you know, the focus has to be on the kingdom. It has to be on serving God. Um, it has to be, you know, that Ecclesiastes 12, 13 mindset, um, fear God, keep his commandments for this is the whole duty. Well, really, it's the whole of man. It's the whole purpose of our being. You know, when we lose that focus, um, again, Matthew 14, 30, uh, Peter walking, Peter sees Jesus walking on water and he starts walking out to Jesus. Well, he takes his eyes off Jesus and starts mm -hmm. looking at the waves, at the wind and everything else that's going on around him. And when he takes his eyes off Christ, you know, what happens to him? He begins to, to sink. You know, we can, we can be the same way when we take our eyes off of focusing the, on seeking the kingdom. When we forget our purpose and while we're here, we can start drifting. We can start going in that wrong direction. Um, we can start um, sinking, you know, if you will. And so uh, the result of taking your focus off of seeking first the kingdom is, is, is always going to be bad. You know, it's never going to be good. And I think about this, and we talked about this a little bit uh, the last couple of days, John chapter five, right? John chapter oh, yeah, five, yeah. right? With the, mm -hmm. with the, yeah, uh, that's right. The man at, with the, at, yeah. at Bethesda. So now in verse six, here's the, the great thing about Christ, man. So in, in John chapter five, verse number six, we obviously know that there was a man there. He had an infirmity for 38 years and his whole life, he's been reaching for this quote unquote magical pool 
right? Which is just it happened to come up just because of natural causes. But this pool that he believed, if I just got to touch that, right, I can be whole. And he's been trying for 38 years. So this shows that sometimes most of our lives, even as Christians, most of our lives, we're reaching for stuff that we think is going to heal us. And we find out after all these years, man, during, I should have been doing this when I was your age, Sam. I should have been doing this when I was your age, Jordan. But no, I thought this was the thing that was going to give me what I wanted, right? So then in, in verse 6, Jesus saw him and he knew that he'd been there a long time. And so here's the great thing about Christ. He said, will you or wilt thou be made whole? So think about the question that Jesus is asking all of us today, bro, is, okay, you've been darkening counsel by not knowing your worth. You've been darkening counsel by absolutely doing nothing. And put your age there. This was 38 years for him. You've been darkening counsel by listening to the wrong people. You've been darkening counsel by not seeking first my kingdom. So Jesus will ask us the same question that he asked this man. Do you want to be made whole? Obviously, most of us would probably say yes. But there's always an action right after that. And so in verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. So imagine as Christian people. We've been doing the wrong thing for so long. Jesus in verse 8, for 38 years, this man has been dragging his legs to this pool. But one day Jesus tells him to do something that he hasn't been able to do. And so sometimes in order to seek first the kingdom, you're going to have to switch some things that you have been doing. And that's what gets people stuck. Well, I just don't know if I really have time. I, I can't really let go of that right now. So I can't give up the kingdom. I can't do what the kingdom wants me to do right now. You got your answer. You really don't want to be made whole. In verbiage, yes, you do. But in action, you don't. So I think this is very important when we talk about seeking first the kingdom, the importance of actually following through rather than just, well, this is what I want to do. The follow through means so much, man. So when when you think about this, when you think about Matthew 6, 33, actually, especially in verse in chapter number seven, notice the, the continual action here. Start again, verse number seven. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But then verse eight, every man, again in the King James, ETH is added after each one. So everyone that asketh, receiveth. Right, everyone that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, the door shall be opened. Plural. So the eth always means a continual action. So when we're seeking first the kingdom, do we just do it for like two months, or do we do it just when you have you have time available, or when things slow down for you, or when when your life is kind of lining up for you? No matter where you're at in life. We have to continue to seek, knock, and ask, and we have to continue to the follow through. I mean, it's just like basketball, right? The follow through, right? The follow through has got to be there, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you have anything else as we keep going through this? No, I mean, you're, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and it's it's so easy sometimes to to lose that focus. You know, to get uh, busier to get bogged down in things and think, okay, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do there? What do I need to do here? You know, what do I need to do here? When really it's as simple as just Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. You know, the focus always has to be there. And, um, but it can, it's easy to be like Peter, start looking at everything else. Start it's focusing so, everywhere else. It's so simple, man. It is. It's so simple. And notice how easy as we, you know, kind of put all this together. How And I've been guilty of this too, but notice how easy it is to just darken counsel. Well, I, I'm not good enough, number one. Well, I don't think I can do it, so I'm afraid. Well, I've been listening to the wrong people. I'm not seeking first the kingdom. It's so easy to get your, your thoughts clouded that you think you're doing right, but you're really not doing right. And so this is the importance, as we talked about before, and I loved that verse that you brought up in Colossians chapter 1. We got to keep studying. We got so that we can walk worthy. 
but it's very important as we continue to do these things that we don't darken counsel. And so I think it's it's very important as we continue to study this. But I want you to notice something quickly as we as we look at this. Notice uh Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. And I think this is a prayer that we can pray for ourselves, but other people. But notice Philippians chapter one, beginning in verse eight. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, how? In knowledge and in all judgment. So verse 10, so that you don't have to walk around feeling unworthy. You don't have to walk around being afraid or listening to the wrong people or not seeking first the kingdom so that you can approve those things that are excellent and that you might be sincere without offense unto the day of Christ. So, I mean, that's the goal. And we can do, it's possible for us, man. And we just got to put in the work and, and we can we can get this done. You guys, you have any closing thoughts um, before we get out of here? Man, I, that, I think you, you, you did it pretty good right there. You did it pretty good. <laughs> no, um, the only thing I can think of is, um, you know, no matter what, uh, what may be going on, whatever you may be experiencing, uh, whoever's on the other end of this podcast, and me and you included, yeah, you know, just there, you know, the best place to go for wise counsel is always going to be right here, right here in this book. You know, the, the best place to go, and it's going to be getting on your knees and praying, you know, just let it all out. You know, like is, is like when me and you were talking on the phone, you know, for yeah. an hour and a half or so, you know, yeah. let, talk to God, you know, let it all out for Peter 5 7. You know, He cares for us, He wants to hear from you. And so, um, you know, just keep going. That's good. Just keep man. going. Just keep that's going. good. And that's something that we all can get better at talking about who is this that darkens counsel. We've all been guilty of darkening counsel and thinking that we're smarter than what we really are. But as, as Sam mentioned before, uh, it, it takes some humility to sit back for a little bit and say, okay, let me look at this better. You know, let me improve myself. Let me make sure, you know, my attitude's right about certain things and, and let me just keep being the best person I can. So hopefully this podcast was able to help you today. Um, again, we're just so thankful that you guys are here. If you do want to support again, just go and visit anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support, and you'll be able to support there. And we're so thankful for those who have supported the podcast. Uh, Sam, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for being oh, on. Oh man, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for being yeah. here. Thankful, is... I'm thankful for what you do, man. I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This and this probably won't be his last time being on here either. So <laughs> it'll probably be on again. <laughs> Look at that excitement. That's what I'm talking about. So, man, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is so much fun. Like I, this is fun. This is really fun. So just getting to open the Bible and just study and just, you know, it's it, we help one another, you know. Yeah, that's it, it helps man. us grow. And you know, I know, you know, this man just it's just helpful. It's it's so fun, so enjoyable. Um, and you know what better way to to help one another as brothers and sisters in Christ to to get to where we're all trying to go and that's heaven than yeah having this having discussions straight from the scriptures. That's it, you know? man. And we're we're just so thankful for this opportunity that we have. Hopefully you guys uh enjoy the podcast. Again, we'll be back on Monday uh with another podcast. So we're thankful that you guys are here and we will see you guys Lord willing next week. Thanks guys.